Hello, all. Welcome to the Hope Without Sight podcast with your hosts, Sailor Cooper and Tyler Evans. The topic of this podcast will consist of many stories of people from various backgrounds and experiences who have had many challenges and have been able to successfully overcome them and rise to the top. So sit back and relax as we give you the best of these diverse stories. Because if you are feeling down and out, like you cannot make it in the world, then this podcast is the right one for you. Because if my guests can make it, so can you. Happy listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hope Without Sight with your host, Sailor Cooper and... Tyler Evans. That's right. We're doing episodes back-to-back today. By the end of our trip, we're going to be at... Episode 20. How that sound? But yeah, this is episode 18 featuring Kat Phelps. Uh, so yeah, I'm sure Kat, you have some stuff to share about overcoming challenges in life. And it's related to teaching, right? Um, I saw your headshots and bio. You said you've always wanted to be a teacher. You know, since since you were a little girl, you know, you... um. You would like, I guess, educate your stuffed animals and Barbie <laughs> dolls or whatever you had in your room and teach them. I was, yeah. 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 And uh and um you you, bec- you became a first grade teacher eventually and then you got stuck, right? Yes. I um I actually think that I realized sooner, like I think in college when I was student teaching. I realized that I was already feeling burnt out and I, I was just really hard to admit to myself because um, as you mentioned, I had dreamed of being a teacher my entire life. I didn't entertain any other options. Um, teaching was what I was going to be doing with my life. And so when I like accepted and realized like, this is not it, <laughs> um, that was really a hard challenge to overcome. And um, yeah, I felt, I felt very stuck because where do you go with an education degree? Um, you know, I felt like, Sure, I might have some transferable skills, but if I go to the corporate world, I'm going to have to start from the bottom and work my way up again. And um, so I just felt like absolutely stuck where I was. Like, this is where I'm going to have to end up. (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so how long did you teach first grade for? I taught first grade for five years. And you just felt burnt out. Yeah. (laughs) And so, uh, what, what did you do, um, once you were burnt out and you left the first grade environment, how did you succeed? Yeah, that's a great question. I think first I had to, um, I had to come to terms with being okay with leaving the classroom. And I think that's why I stayed as long as I did, um, in total, I worked in the education world in some role or another for about a decade, um. And so first I had to like accept that it was okay to move on. Um, I think oftentimes we get wrapped up in um, our job becomes our identity. And um, I had to kind of change that mindset um, and realize that I am a lot of amazing things and labeling myself as a first grade teacher doesn't have to be my identity. No. And so first I had to overcome that. (laughs) Right. You had to overcome that. And so did you come some sort of specialty teacher after that or what? Yeah, that's a great question. So I, um, you know, thought about like, what are my transferable skills? Um, What can I take with me outside of the classroom? And along the way, I realized that I can still be a teacher just in a much different form. And so um, I actually still do get to teach. Um, Now I am a uh, money mindset coach, a financial planner. And so um, I teach people how to make money and how to save money. Um, Oh, we have people need a lot of education about that. (laughs) Because of- yes, they absolutely do. Um, nobody really, I don't want to say nobody, but a lot of people don't really understand how money works because it's not something that we're taught in school. No, and so- <laughs> oh, no, especially not today. No. Yeah, exactly. So I was able to learn that for myself and then teach other people. Um, and so now that's what I get to do for a living. I still get to be a teacher. And if I'm being honest, I get paid 
A lot more for it. <laughs> a lot more for it. So you're like, you're an entrepreneur, you're self-employed, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, I am. I've become a business owner. So um, I actually have 15 licensed agents that I that I oversee as well. Um, and so it's been a really nice change. And I still get to be a leader. I get to be a mentor. And I think that's something that I realized in the classroom um, was I, I enjoyed being in that position of leadership. I, I did like the attention. I like to be at the front of the room. <laughs> Um, I liked to be seen as a mentor. Um, and now I still get to do that just in a much different way. And I'm um, in a capacity where I'm not feeling high strung. I'm not feeling, um, you know, like, um, overstimulated all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, because children can be difficult. I mean, thank God you didn't teach high school because, oh, God, especially at the middle school, the high school, the kids, the hormones, right? Right? <laughs> Yeah, their uh, their sass I think would be a little too much for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, but um, yeah, so yeah, so I'm sure you've heard of Dave Ramsey and all of them. They're well known financial coaches. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's funny that the company that I started working for. So my journey kind of started. Um, <clears throat> because I needed help with my own finances. Like I had debt up to my eyeballs. I had too much month at the end of the money. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, like I had no emergency fund saved. And so um, I kind of, this um, <clears throat> brokerage just kind of fell into my lap. And um, my brother actually invited me to a meeting and said, hey, like they, you know, they run these meetings every Wednesday and they'll, you know, kind of give you some financial tips. You should come. And so I did. And I realized, um, you know, at the end of the presentation that they run, the, the owner of the office was like, you know, if you don't make a change now, won't the next five years be the same as your last five years? And is that what you really want? And that scared me like no other. Like, this is not what I want. I don't want to be a teacher for the next five years. Um, because if you look at the people in, in your position, you know, if you're at a job and you look at people who've worked there five years longer than you, that's the same trajectory that you're headed. And there was no, like, for me, there was no room for improvement unless like I became a principal and I knew I didn't want to do that. So I was really just stuck where I was. I had to make a change and not only in my career, but in my finances. Um, and so they were hiring for part-time agents. And so I, I learned how to manage my own money um, through that. And actually the company that I got started with, uh, Dave Ramsey started there as well. Um, and then he oh, broke wow. out and, you know, started his own business as well. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're a little bit similar. Like we do teach the, the, we call it debt stacking where you, um, <clears throat> you know, snowball your, your debt payments and you're able to eliminate that. And so very familiar with Dave Ramsey. Um, I don't think we're quite as extreme, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Yes, I see. So uh, I what I know about money management is well, um, I do know. Well, I know I know the basics like how to budget. So what you do is you make categories. You you make categories of all your um bills you need to pay for, like your your rent, food, utilities. What you do is you put them all together. You you put your income. So you you subtract um, your income minus what has to go out to see what you have left uh, to see whether if you if you're gonna have a shortfall if you're gonna have a surplus right <laughs> there's much more to that I'm sure right <laughs> yeah that's exactly um, <laughs> uh, you know on track so um, I see budget as just you know a, another word for plan um, yeah. and so. What yeah, I like exactly. to, to teach people is that, um, you know, I do this on pen and paper every single month. And instead of, um, I guess this is a little bit of a backward budget, but I pull up my bank statement from the last month and I see like exactly down to the penny, where did I spend my money? And it just brings more money awareness. And so I draw four categories on a piece of paper and I do one, um, my bills. The next category is my grocery costs and then my needs and my wants. Um, and so, and I just, um, any transaction that I spent money on goes into one of those four categories and I see where, where did my money go this last month? And when you, after you do it for a while, you realize like, I'm going to have to become accountable. Um, and you start realizing, um, very quickly what category things are going to go into. <laughs> 
And so it just kind of helps you um, have more of a plan. Um, but yeah, absolutely. And when you realize that you have a shortfall, I always tell people that there's a couple of options, right? We can either decrease our goals to match our income, or we can increase our income to match our goals. Um, and so which would you rather do? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would rather save up for the long-term goal. Like honestly, uh, um, I'm becoming an entrepreneur, right? Um, this part, the uh, purpose of this podcast is not just to inspire, but to, um, um, uh, also make money with it, which is why I'm here in PBR. Um, we've been working with a fabulous podcast coach. Her name is Michelle. And in fact, we're going to meet with her again today, this afternoon. And, uh, a great group, a group, a couple of guys who've been, uh, not only helping us, but helping us financially as well. They've raised some quite a, quite a bit of funds for us to for us to like develop our website and because of them I'm here down in Mexico learning so much and getting so much recorded right so um uh yeah um um uh, I ought to learn how to budget I guess for a business too do you do mainly personal financing co finance financial coaching or also business financial coaching as well yeah, we can definitely do both um, <clears throat> because it's all at the end of the day, it's very similar. Um, it's just dictating, you know, where your money is going to go. I just have yeah. a plan for it. <laughs> um, have you ever, so all your budgeting, do you just do it on paper or do you use like Excel? Also, I've heard uh, Intuit has an app called Mint. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yeah, I definitely, um, I've dabbled with, um, I've tried all sorts of different apps um, I personally, um, just the way my brain works, I like the pen and paper best, but there's yeah. tons of great apps out there for it, especially for business. Um, they have tons that you can, you know, um, take pictures of your receipts. Um, I definitely do that for business. Um, I, I have an app for that, but for my personal, I just like the pen and paper just seems to work best for me. <laughs> oh, I see. I'm old yeah. school. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, um, um, uh, I know, of course, you you do you do budgeting. Do you also do financial planning, such as stocks, four hundred one k's, and even life insurance and all that jazz? Yes, absolutely. We um <clears throat> we're licensed to do it all, which I I really um take pride in because there's a lot of people who um <clears throat> just don't quite have the licensing that we do, and so um yeah, we're licensed to do it all, and <clears throat> um definitely can help in, in more than um, just, you know, a, a budget is just the, a plan. Just the surface, right? Yeah. Um, so when it comes to financial planning, I always tell people that, um, you know, knowledge actually isn't power. Applied knowledge is power. And so um, I can teach you the basics of how money works all day long, but until we apply it, um, things aren't going to change. And so right. we actually have to open that investment account, you know, have that money be pulled out before, uh, you know, just like with your, you know, it comes out the first of the month before you even see it. So that way you're automatically saving, um, doing things like that. And also changing your mindset around money. Um, exactly. you know, money is a relationship. Um, and so if you think about like, it, is it, does it feel welcome? with you? Um, or as soon as you get it, are you spending it? Um, is your, you know, are you, you in a, an abusive relationship with money? If you are, it's never going to feel welcome with you and it's never going to stick around. And so we also have to change our mindset around money as well. And so, um, I work with my clients on all of that. <laughs> wow. Okay. How, how, and so, this... so, and uh, so another thing we want to share with you, um, of course, uh, me and Tyler are blind and Tyler, I'll, I'll give you the mic to share more, but, um, I, I'm, I'm sure you may not be familiar with this, or you may. I don't know, because it's very new. A lot of people aren't. Well, first, as you know, a lot of people with disabilities depend on government benefits uh, for uh, income, health care, and housing. And oftentimes, those benefits are means-tested, where they can't save up over $2,000. And so with that being said, Tyler... If uh, Kat, if you if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, tell Kat about the ABLE accounts. Go ahead, sir. Oh, yes. Um, the ABLE accounts is a game changer. This is Tyler, by the way. 
Um, yeah, the A block counts as a game changer. And Congress passed this law. It's the Achieving a Better Life Experience Act of 2014. It was passed and signed into law in 2014. And basically, people who are on supplemental security income, Medicaid, SNAP benefits, they no longer have to worry about saving up just $2,000 anymore. Now, that being said, they have, they have to make sure not to save over $2,000 in their primary bank account or they won't be eligible. Right. But in the ABLE account, in, in the, the ABLE, ABLE account. account, in the ABLE account, they can save up to $100,000 just for supplemental security change. income really or SSI. Is. And not only that, if you're on Medicaid, you can save even more up to like three, $400,000 potentially in this particular account. And basically the account is designed to pay for qualified disability related expenses. It's basically stuff that you would need from assistive technology to transportation to housing. Yes. It's, it, it's and, a game. It is a game. Yeah. Yeah. And what's amazing is the first $15,000 of a non-employed person is not taxable. That's right. But if you're employed, the first $27,000, give or take, is no. not taxed. No, but well, if you're employed, it's like an additional 12000 Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, totally. and, I, unless it's changed, I guess, due to the inflation. I, I, honestly, I haven't looked yet. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, Kat, I don't know if you're familiar with, with these accounts. Yeah, I've definitely, um, I don't know the ins and outs of them. It sounds like you guys uh, are way more knowledgeable than I, but I have definitely heard of them. And, and I think that it's a great resource. Um, I would refer to something like that as like a Murphy's Law insurance, right? <laughs> Murphy's Law states mm -hmm. that anything that can go wrong will. And so we need some protection against Murphy. <laughs> and so that's awesome that's that you're so able funny. to increase that savings. Yes, well, exactly. what's amazing, what's amazing is you can, it's a 529 a savings account. You've okay. heard of the, you've heard of the 529 savings mm -hmm. accounts under the U.S. code. Is that right? Yes. Or whatever. Well, it's the same thing, yeah. but it's 529 a added to it, the ABLE account. Mm -hmm. um, and parents yeah. actually pushed for it. Parents pushed for it for years to pass. And it was actually monumental. It was like the most um what do you call it the most dramatic piece of legislation since the americans with disabilities act passed because it actually empowers the disabled to save and to actually provide for themselves that's um, awesome i put some information in there in the chat for you yeah, exactly you. so yeah so i just had a quick question for you kat um are you still teaching not in uh the traditional classroom anymore um okay I get to um, teach financial education. So yes, I'm still teaching, um, but I'm not an elementary school teacher anymore. <laughs> so now, now do you feel, do you feel fulfilled at your teaching? You know, I do. <laughs> um, you know. I think, um, <clears throat> I think for teaching in the traditional classroom, you know, I don't regret doing it. It was my lifelong dream and I fulfilled it. I, oh, you know, yeah. I, I taught for five years in first grade and, um, but I think for me, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, like I discovered a lot about myself that, you know, people are like, oh my gosh, you must have so much patience. I, I really didn't like, I got overstimulated so quickly, so easily. And I was suppressing a lot. Cause of course it's not fair, you know, like, because I'm feeling agitated, like I can't take that out on you know, first graders. And so I was suppressing a lot and that really affected my mental health. It affected how I um, treated the people around me when I got off of work, like my, you know, relationship with my family, you know, my husband, oh, um, yeah. and I was just physically drained all the time. Um, and so I, I needed another avenue for my own health. Um, and it took me a while to discover what was that going to be? Um, you know, because of course, finances are um, a big concern. Like I thought, I felt like teachers don't get paid a lot, you know, in, in general, but I felt like I was going to have to take a pay cut 
to leave teaching and then work my way up the corporate ladder. Like that's really the only option that I saw for myself. Um, and so I had to do a lot of research. I had to get licensing in place, um, you know, and I had to really change my mindset, like I said, about like who I was, um, you know, being okay with giving up that identity of being an elementary school teacher. Um, but now I definitely feel fulfilled. Um, I, I believe that I get to make an income while making an impact. Um, and and I also get to work from Wi-Fi. <laughs> and so, from home, yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, I can, and it's not just work from hey, home. I can, like, like hey, you can, you can be a P, <laughs> yeah, you can be a PBR with us right now having fun. <laughs> I yeah. wish I was. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tyler's not here. He's back home. He didn't want to come, but, you know, so I just came. He's back home, so. Oh, next time yeah. you got to come. It sounds like it was an amazing experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I had other plans, so. Oh yeah, but so I, I hear you what you're saying. Um that's why me and Tyler are pursuing entrepreneurship because <sighs> corporate America just has so many like bureaucratic business <laughs> politics. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> and you can only go so high. Yeah. You know, let me tell when you, you when you're your own boss, you have unlimited potential. You're self-directed, you know. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. exactly it. I'm sure you're you're familiar with the cash flow quadrant. Um, when I learned that, man, my mind was so expanded. Um, you know, even the difference between being self-employed and being a business owner, you know, self-employed, it's up to you. And it's, you know, very respectable positions. Um, like even a doctor, if they have their own practice, they might be self-employed. Um, but if they don't work, they don't eat. Right. Okay. And so you have you either have a lot of money and no time or you have a lot of time and no money. Um, but if you. you switch over to being a business owner where you have employees working for you, um, now you can leverage your time. You have unlimited control of your time, unlimited control of your money. Um, and that's that's a really nice place to be. That's where time freedom and money freedom comes in. And, um, you know, I was never going to be able to afford that as a teacher. <laughs> so wait, you say that again, whenever I'm a business owner and have employees working for me. Is that what you said? Yeah. So think about this. Like if I was self-employed, um, there's only so many hours in a day that I can physically work. Right. But if I have a team of a hundred licensed agents and they all work one hour a day, my yeah. business collectively worked 100 hours and I didn't have to work any of them if I didn't well, want to. Right. <laughs> so like and so my time becomes then the the leverage of my time becomes exponential. I see. So are those other agents are they in are they W two employed like by you or are they contractors just like you as part of like your network? You know. Yeah, uh, they're um, ten ninety nine employees. They're ten ninety. Yeah. So I see. So like they're. Uh, I guess are they like are they business owned? Are they like business partners with you, for example, for say, or what are they? Yeah. Um. So our structure is very similar to real estate, where um there's a broker who who owns the office, right, and agents who work within that office. And so our structure is very similar, where yeah. any agent at any time could go and and open up their own brokerage and have agents work under them as well. Um, I see. And that's that's how we're structured. Yeah, because honestly, I've tried some financial work as well. I'm sure you've heard of Primerica. They're very popular out there. Um, mm -hmm. I got, I got, um, I got licensed for the Texas Life Insurance, which license has expired. But I, I did try it, and it seemed good at first. It seemed like oh, I can make a lot of money, but um, it was a pyramid scheme and. I don't know what you can I don't know what you can say about pyramid schemes, but they can be they can be kind of sketchy, you know, and so I I just gave that I just I just gave that up, you know, because I had to recruit people under me, you know. And they had to pay. And so I mean what 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 could you say about that? Yeah, I can definitely see your, uh, where you're coming from there. I wanna um give you a little pushback though. Um because any business um, is actually in the shape of a triangle, right? Where you have the most employees at the bottom and the higher up you go in that employment, the smaller that layer gets, 
right? Yeah. There's not as many managers as there are employees. And there's only one guy at the top. There's only one CEO. There's only one CFO, right? So when you boil it down, any business model is actually in the shape of a triangle. Now, a pyramid scheme is designed where people can't make money, right? Right, um, yeah. Where, or like even an MLM, um, it, one of the main definitions of what makes an MLM an MLM is that they have to pay so much in product um, and that's where most of the, the company's profit comes from versus outside sales. Um, and so, um, you know, and, and also with that, like everybody recruits. Who doesn't recruit? The army recruits. Oh, yeah. Are they a pyramid scheme? No. College football teams recruit. Are they a pyramid scheme? No. <laughs> right. Uh, you see a now hiring sign outside for Costco. Are they a pyramid scheme? No. <laughs> and so I think sometimes we we get caught up in that because, you know, there have been some legitimate pyramid schemes that have given everybody a bad rap. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, not every company is. And no. I would say Prime Market, um doesn't fall under that, um, you know, that level. Um, they they do recruit. They hire agents to fill their agency. Um, but you can, it's all about your mindset. You can earn as much money there as you want. The potential is definitely there. I know that yeah. Primerica has more six and seven figure earners than any other company in the world. So. Yeah. Cause I don't know, like, uh, I mean, I, I, I just felt like I was just getting the run around, you know, and I guess just the agent who I was with, he was just too pushy, you know? And so, you know, but Oh well, that's the past. <laughs> we'll, you know, we're 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 here now, and um, um, uh, of course, with this podcast, I'm starting a business, which is why I'm I've been here in PBR. Like I said, I'm gonna meet with uh my coach Michelle this afternoon. We're gonna meet with a couple of other guys tomorrow. Um, Tyler, we're in the podcast Success Blueprint with Chuck Wright. Mm-hmm. Sure are. Yeah. And we're going to figure out how to make money with this podcast. I also have an internet radio station. It's on the air. It's called Real Variety Radio. Um, and except it's off the air now because uh, there was a, an internet outage at my apartment back home. It's back on, but I guess like, because I have a computer that it's always on. It's running the automation, but I, I guess even though the internet came back on, the computer didn't reconnect. So like, I have no way of, I have no way of restarting it remotely. If that computer's not online, makes sense. So when I get home tomorrow, I'll, I'll be restarting it. But yeah, plays all sorts of music and Help Without Sight lives on there as well. So yeah, that's my business plan. And that's our business plan that Tyler's going to be under me. And Kat, I'm sure you have faith in us that we're going to be successful. I do. Absolutely. I'm I'm very excited about that. It sounds um like a great, great start. So I can't wait to um, see where you guys go. I'll definitely give you a follow on social media. Yes, for sure. And, and also, and also we were wondering, I don't know, um, like uh, I was wondering, like, would you be interested in potentially in the future, maybe being an affiliate? Potentially. I yeah. would definitely have to look into that. Um, we're still... I, I, I would have to do um, some research. Um, okay. Of course, yeah. We're, we're, like, Absolutely. We're, we're still structuring it as well. I mean, we're, we're still figuring all this out as well. But, I mean, step by step, right? I know you, exactly. Kat, you had to take steps and look where you yes. are now. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, send me over some, like, if you can shoot me an email or, or give me a phone call about what that would look like. Um, but, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely, because we would love to have you as part of our team if you wanted or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. yeah, and, and, yeah, and, we, and, yeah, and we and maybe we can offer you some premium, you know, content um, uh, that you normally wouldn't get, and we're working on that as well. And so, yeah, we're exactly we're very excited. We're very we're very excited. We really are. Yeah, and we can do this. We can do it. That's yeah. Awesome. It sounds like this episode's been more business than overcoming challenges in life, right? Yeah. Well, that's part of it. We can and that's okay. Years. I have I have lots of challenges, you know, to overcome that I've overcome. Yeah. So we can we can switch gears. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, what else do you want? So yeah, what else do you want? What what other stuff do you want to share besides being a 
being from being first an elementary school teacher and a financial teacher. So yeah, you have a floor. I think um, with that, making such a large um, career change transition in your life like that, that comes with its own challenges too. Um, and like, you know, becoming a business owner takes a whole different mindset. A lot of people, um, you know, have, we just have like this, the employee mentality ingrained in us. Like that's what we're so used to. And so um, a huge challenge that I had to overcome was changing my mindset um, and developing within myself the right mindset and discipline to get things done. Um, when you become a business owner, it's up to you. Um, <laughs> and there's a lot of work that has to be done and you have to take on that mentality of like, For if sure. it's to be, it's up to me. And you're going to have people quit on you. Um, <laughs> and that is, that's hard. And it's hard not to take it personally. Um, and so, man, that has been um, something that I've, I've really had to work on overcoming as well. Like, you know, when you step into a leadership role and you have people quit on you, <laughs> it, it's hard not to take that personally. Um, and so those are a lot of things that I've had to overcome and I've had to, to really do um, research of my own. I was never someone who... When I was a teacher, I didn't read books for like development, like aside from like, you know, if we were assigned a book at school that we had to read, like, you know, in, in the teaching realm, I never read books outside of that for myself besides like books for pleasure. And so a huge shift that I had to make was um, I started just turning my car into a classroom is uh, yeah. <laughs> what I um, call it. And so I would, I downloaded Audible um, and I started with, um, you know, books that some mentors recommended and really taking those, um, you know, in, and applying those again, like I said, knowledge isn't power. We can know a whole bunch, but if we don't apply it, then, you know, it's not, it's of no use to us. And so, um, you know, I started reading a lot of personal development books. Um, I think I started with Mel Robbins, um, with overcoming fears, um, and because any big transition in life, you're going to have some fear. And so how do we overcome oh, that? Yeah. Um, and then it just, it spiraled right now. I'm reading, um, I just downloaded, um, another book about mindset by Carol Dweck. It's literally called mindset. Um, I, you know, the 10 X rule from Grant Cardona is a good one. Um, another one of my favorites is take the stairs by Rory Vaden. So tons and tons of books, um, that I've really had to, you know, I do believe that leaders are readers. And so, um, you know, it, it took a lot of work within myself to make that transition. Wow, wow. We're good. We're good. You're, you're so, right. You're right. I mean, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll confess, I'll admit, like, I have, I like what you shared about applying the knowledge, not just reading it, letting it go in one ear and not the other, because I've tended to do that. I mean, I'll, I'll admit it. I've, uh, I do have ADHD <laughs> to some degree. You, you work with students with that, right? Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I do have ADHD. And um, sometimes I would, I wouldn't just soak all the information in, you know, I, I wouldn't apply it. And you're right. It's not just reading something, memorizing it. It's understanding the concept and applying it to your situation. Am I correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. Yeah. And and starting with little with little baby steps, right? Like um for me when I realized that I wanted to transition out of teaching, like I honestly um once I came to that realization, like the first two years, I didn't do anything about it. One <laughs> because I was scared. Um two I you know, was just spinning my wheels and ha felt like I had nowhere to go. Um, you know, I was looking up other jobs and, um, you know, just feeling like I'm not qualified to do this or my degree doesn't transfer there. Um, and so I had to start like really small by taking some baby steps. And the, so the first thing that I did was I started working um, for the brokerage that I work for now part-time. Um, and so, and then, you know, slowly applying the skills that I learn um, until I could work myself out of teaching um, and transition. And so what, what, with whatever you're trying to overcome, whatever challenges you're facing, um, start by taking baby steps. I think that success is a whole bunch of small wins that are built in, um, you know, building on top of each other. It's not just one big thing that happens that makes someone successful. It's a lot of small wins over and over and over again. 
Exactly. Yes. Yes. It's right. a small. Yeah. Because uh, um, you're right. Like even me, like, of course, I've only worked in the corporate America uh, for a few years. I have, I have a two years of college. I didn't graduate, but I do have some college. I've worked in corporate America and, and even me, me, you know, to become a business owner and uh, yeah, it's a lot more freedom, but it's more paperwork. Sure. Like more um, paperwork on taxes, uh, bookkeeping, accounting. Oh gosh, all that. It's kind of overwhelming for me, but at the same time, yeah, I'm just taking just baby steps and just, uh, Figuring it out as I go, which I've got a lot of people supporting me, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so it seems like you overcame a lot of challenges in life and you're better for it, which is really awesome because, you know, they always say what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. There's That's even right. a song by Kelly Clark. There's even a song by Kelly Clarkson about that. And I really yeah. like her. She's So, yeah. Um, so... The question we always ask toward the end, whenever we wrap up, is. But first, before before you, before you do that, Tyler, do you have anything? Uh, Kat, do you have anything else you want to share? I don't think so. I think. Um... Okay. Okay. <laughs> I okay. A lot today. <laughs> All right, Tyler, go go ahead. Go ahead. So the question we always ask our guests at the end is, um, what would you say to someone who feels discouraged who feels like they can't go on that they just want to give up and and they just feel so discouraged right now yeah that that's a fabulous question um I know that I definitely felt that way um you know I felt like I feel like there are times in your life like life ebbs and flows right oh, yeah. um and so that we have we might have multiple times in our life where we're feeling discouraged and so I think it's important to um you know start changing your mindset about, um, life in general. And what I mean by that is we have something, you know, called in our brain called our reticular activating system. And, um, when you train your brain to look for negative things in life, that's all it sees. Right. And so the RAC, um, think about like when you buy a car, you suddenly see that car everywhere. Or like when you want to buy that car, like maybe you're dreaming of owning a Tesla, right? you're going to start seeing Teslas everywhere because your brain is thinking about it. Um, or you, you know, really want a house with white shutters. You're going to start seeing, you're going to start noticing that. And the same thing works with, um, your brain works that way with everything in life. So oh, when yeah. you have a mindset of things are terrible, things don't go my way, then anytime that you have a day where things don't go your way, that's all you're going to be able to focus on. Whereas you probably had a lot of moments in that day where things did go your way. And so when you're feeling discouraged, it's really important to switch your mindset and start with some, some gratitude. You know, every morning I write down five things from the previous day that I'm grateful for. Um, and also making sure that you, no matter where you're at in life, everybody has some goals. So writing down goals um, when you wake up in the morning and when you go to bed, see them twice a day. Write them down in present tense as if they're already happened. So your brain is focused on them um, will help you kind of get out of that discouragement because you still have something positive to focus on. Um, and if we're focusing on that gratitude, we're not going to be so stuck in um, the bad things that happen. We're going to be more focused on what did go right for me that day. Yeah, and so that, exactly. when you're feeling discouraged, that is my number one piece of advice. Oh, that's good some deal. good advice. That, yeah, because... We can't keep negative energy in our in our brains and our minds and our space. We have to get it out, change our house. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And as I was, I was and, saying, um, I was on a prior uh, call with someone else just a while back, and I was saying to the him um, that true success is when you keep trying, even when you fail. Yeah. <laughs> true, fail, true failure is when you stop trying. Yeah, exactly. I, I believe the same thing. You only fail when you've completely given up, when you quit. Um, and failure is just um, a tool for learning, right? Um, exactly. We can use it as a stepping stone. And we never, we never learn. Like if things always go our way, we're not really learning from that. We're just repeating things that happened well. Right. And so, um, you know, like Thomas Edison, he always said that he, he 
he found, I think it was like, what was the quote? Like a thousand ways not to make a light bulb. <laughs> right. um, you know, like his mindset was just, just positive about that. Um, and so I, I think that we can learn from the greats in that way is that, um, yeah, failure, see, see what we can learn from it and move on. Um. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's right. And, and, you know, I'm so blessed to have been born in the United States. Me too. Me I too. love, me love too. this country. And it's not because of one po- politician, one person. It's because of the people. It's because of I mean, the drive of the people, what they want to do, what they want to do in we, their lives individually. We may not be in the best situation right now, but there's hope, you know. There is always hope, period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were, born, you were born in the U.S. cat, right? I was, yeah. Um, and and I will stand by yep. uh, that just by being in the United States. Like I think a lot of people take it for granted that um, yeah. you know we are okay. we are born privileged, no matter you know where you're born, um, you know what family you're born into. You automatically have a certain amount of privilege that you know people around the world in other countries don't necessarily have. And so yeah. you know people still see America as the land of opportunity. Oh yes. Um, I didn't really realize that until I started traveling. Um, my husband is from India and we um, went to India last February and um, my eyes were just really open to like working conditions there and like why people still want to go to America because yeah. they have so many more opportunities than they ever would in their own country. And so it's important. Like, I think that sometimes, you know, we kind of tune that out because we're so used to it, but right. let's capitalize on it. Right. While we have the opportunity, why we have the chance, um, you know, that there's, um, no better place. Exactly. There really yeah, isn't because, yeah, because, you know, let me, let me, yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say real quick, I'm sorry. Okay, go um, oh. You know, our Declaration of Independence doesn't talk about privilege. It doesn't talk about any of that. It says that we are, enti- we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights. In other words, these rights cannot be taken away by anyone except God. That's, That's it. right. Yep. Yeah, because yeah, because yeah, I was born in the U.S. Of course, too, near Houston, Texas, but um, I also live in um, um, Mexico too. But um, I live in both in the U.S. and in Mexico. But of course, Mexico is great, but also the U.S. The U.S. is the best. I agree as far oh, yeah. as for opportunity, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, it's yeah. it's because we're except we're exceptional. We're different. We yeah, yeah. we we provide more freedom, liberty than really anywhere. And it's not because of our government. It's because of the people, because they're compassionate. That's right. They love one another. It, it's just amazing. And it's about we, the people. That's what we it's all people. about. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I want to take a step back uh, to what you were saying about teaching and affecting your family life. I think that's that was good, a good call. Um, if a job is affecting if it's affecting your health, you know, your personal health, your mental health, uh, don't never stay, never stay in an environment that's doing that to you, even though it may hurt you financially. Always trust it's gonna work out. You know, all I never, I never would put your, put your like personal well being first. You know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's so important. You know, I feel like people, people tend to get like feeling stuck in a job, I think is really common. Like, you know, no matter, um, what area of field that you work in, I feel like, you know, some, everybody's experienced that where I just feel stuck. I don't know where to turn next. I don't know what to do next. Um, but you're so right. Like, you know, if it's taking, taking a toll on, on your mental health, then, um, you know, of course, a lot of that, you know, can come from like, let's, let's, focus on our mindset. Like, what am I grateful for? And not always focusing on the negatives, but my, my job specifically, the environment just wasn't conducive to my mental health. You know, I was high strung all the time and, you know, it was, it was a high stress situation. Like teachers make more decisions, um, per minute than any other profession. Uh, right. and so <laughs> it was, it was just physically and mentally exhausting, emotionally exhausting all the time. Um, and, and what I discovered was that, Um, you know, and it's more important, not necessarily how much money you make, but how you make your money. Um, And so, and what that comes down to, you know, again, is 
I was really attracted to the idea of becoming a business owner because if I can leverage my time and I can have money coming in and I'm not there versus always having to be there to make money, I, you know, I would take the latter. <laughs> That's what we want to do too with our podcast, right? That's- exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they make money, but not always be there. Like, uh, exactly. Yeah. You know? We're going to figure it out. Yeah. And not only not only for our podcast, but for our radio station as well. Exactly. And Tyler, you and I we can we can we joked. We're not gonna make money. No. <laughs> we like to joke about that. Uh, Particularly him. Yeah. Oh yeah. But uh we got but some Yeah, work. it's been a it's been a great discussion about your journey, where you've gone, and yeah. how it's inspiring for us to do the same to and, just create our journey. And uh, also, um what just question did you during your teaching career did you ever teach special needs uh children like blind will uh physically uh like people on the autism spectrum any of that yeah that's a great question i definitely did have um you know some special needs students in my classroom i never focused specifically on special education but of course you know our education system has um transitioned where um you know, students of all capabilities are being, you know, included in the same classroom. And yeah. so while Hi. my focus, my specialty wasn't in special needs, I definitely had kids in my classroom who were um, choice exceptional. Um, and so <clears throat> that was a, a great experience. Yeah, Tyler, you would attest to what your mom did for you. Oh, yeah. She fought for me like you wouldn't believe. Um when I was a baby, you know, I was three months premature. Like him. Me too, yeah. Um, and when I was in uh, school, they didn't know how to teach me. They didn't mm-hmm. know how to teach me, like, you know, in general, like education, because I was blind. And they thought I was, um, you know, possibly, you know, a little challenged, like, because I would behave a certain way because of my blindness, whatever. And of course, I was still growing and I was still a little kid. And so me and mom went to Austin twice, where I live in Texas. And we rallied legislators to where anyone with a disability can be mainstreamed in, in school. And this organization that she worked for loaded us up on charter buses and stuff. And we went to Austin. She had to drive to the Walmart. I believe it was the Walmart, something like that. And we loaded up on the charter bus with this group and we went and we rallied Texas, Texas legislatures. And um, it was fun. Um, I went there, I think in 96 and in 97, I think, or it might've been 97 and 98. I'm not sure, but it might've been both in 96 or 97. I think it was 1997 when I went in like February or something. Or it might have been like a special legislative session that the governor called in October or something. But yeah, it was great. That is amazing. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, for me and for me, like uh as you know, I, I live in Mexico as well. I went to elementary school in Mexico near Cancun, a private school, bilingual. I, I speak both English and Spanish. I mean, yeah, people, uh, I'm really helping a lot of people here this week in PBR since uh, since I know Spanish. Um, I'm sure that's a big help. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I went to school um, in uh, private school in, uh, from elementary through junior high. And um, I, um, I uh, my mom hired private instructors to assist me throughout my day. Um, uh, since I couldn't see, and um, of course I could see a little bit. I could use the vision that I have, and like my family wanted me to, and I could see why because they had high hopes that um, there would be new developments um, where I could get better vision. Even though Tyler has the same condition as I do, like of course he can only see light. I could see the screen a little bit out of my right eye and read print if it's mm-hmm. blown up. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, when I was fourteen, I wanted to go. I wanted to go back here to the U.S. to go to school because, right, the U.S. is the greatest country in the world, right? So I did. I went to public school for a little bit uh, near Houston, but ultimately I wanted to go uh, to a school for the blind. Uh, 
because I, honestly, I thought it was the only uh, place for blind people. I wanted to be around other blind people like I did, which was good. I mean, um, it was good that I went because I, I learned a lot of uh, valuable technology, such as more like uh, computer software, like NVDA and JAWS. Thankfully, with that, I can, I'm can. i hosting a Zoom meeting here. But also at the same time, um, uh, as you know, a lot of, because of the IDEA, the whatever the act is called for individuals with education, uh, with Disabilities Education Act, whatever that is, um, mm-hmm. because uh, because of that, you know, a lot of a lot of public schools can provide um, their needs to to students with special needs, and because of that, like me going to the to a school for the blind, like during the school year, um, there were a lot of other a lot of other students there that had additional challenges other than blindness. And mm. I, I I I just wasn't challenged as much. Uh, but at the same time, I did learn a lot, you know, like I said, like uh um more assistive technology and whatnot. And so yeah, I graduated in 2012, high school in 2012, and um, I went to college for a little bit. Wouldn't for me. I worked in corporate America, and now here I am. I'm becoming self-employed, right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Um, I know. Uh, I know you're limited on time, Cat. Um, let's see. Just. Two hours. I'm gonna get a nice massage here at the house. <laughs> wow, that sounds nice. <laughs> oh yeah, massages are amazing. Oh yeah, it's gonna be great. Uh, and uh, I have a couple more recordings to do. I have a we have a we have another session with Michelle right uh, this afternoon at five thirty, Tyler, before a meeting with okay. uh, Kevin and Scott tomorrow, and uh, we're gonna have a final farewell dinner tonight. Um, and then. Yeah, we have breakfast tomorrow and then um uh and just say goodbye and we all head for the airport. So And then Thanksgiving break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well it already is Thanksgiving break well, for students. Kat, so. thanks so much for being on Hope Without Sight today. This podcast has been this episode has been so diverse from business to your own successes. So yeah, uh, we covered a lot today. So thank you so much. Yes, for we did. Such a pleasure well, to meet you both. <laughs> well, Me yeah, too. Well, give it up for Cat Phelps, everybody. Stay blessed. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode of Help Without Sight with Sailor Cooper and Tyler Evans and got a lot of takeaways from this podcast. We hope you feel renewed inspired and encouraged like you can just carry on and conquer the world please hit the subscribe button on all platforms and tell your friends and family to do the same and in the meantime blessings to all